Evil Jeff here. Before we get into this podcast, wanted to let you know that it's actually been quite some time since I recorded this podcast. Uh, it's been languishing, unfinished. Well, actually, not exactly unfinished, but just sitting there and with all the holiday stuff and other things going on at work, got rather busy. This is still a episode of the past, which is apropos, I guess, for this being the uh, New Year's Eve when we're going to release this. So uh, just letting you know, you'll hear some stuff that sounds like some timing things, um, you know, where might be some additional stuff like in the holidays. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. Anyway, thank you for listening and time for the show. Evil Jeff is back behind the mic, minions and musings, back in your ears. We're still digging in the past. Uh, this will be the last dig that we go through. Pretty much have gone through everything that I felt was noteworthy. But the last item that we come up for and look at a little bit closer is material that I got from conventions. And specifically, some of the first conventions that I gamed at, I played at, or GM'd at, or even helped run. So, without further ado, let's take a look at uh, some fun stuff. While I was attending university, the gaming club that was there was known as the Adventurers Guild. And I was, uh, first year I was there, I didn't really get into a lot of it with them. I knew of them, but didn't really game with them at that time. Uh, my second year at college, I did get more involved with them. And it came around to time for their convention, which was known as Nauticon 2. What a fun name that is. And I've already alluded to a little bit of this because in the stuff I have from there, we've got uh, a TSR tournament, a team tournament known as the Wand of Archeal, A-R-C-H-E-A-L, which was a two-round tournament. And once again, my friend, uh, which we're going to go by his first initial, J, uh, had his own uh, game, his own module, known as Altar of Blood, which was also based in the world of Shatir. So, uh, I am listed as one of the GMs during that time frame. I still have the module. I don't remember a huge amount about it, honestly. Um, I ran the first round, one of the first rounds, and played in the Shatir one. So, you know, it was a small enough convention. Um, 
at that convention, I met a couple people that I later uh, ran into here in Columbia when they were running RoundCon at the University of South Carolina. So it was quite an interesting uh, kind of turn of events to run into them there. But really the highlight of Nauticon for the three years that I assisted with it um, one, we had a champions uh, free-for-all tournament, so everybody would bring a champions character uh, up to a certain point total. It was looked over by one of the GMs, and we would go into this battle royale mode. First time I had ever played champion. well, it wasn't the first time I ever played champions, but somebody's like, hey... You want to play? I'm like, sure, I'd like to play, you know, play a little more. So we went through some stuff, and they gave me basically a gadgeteer who, not knowing enough about the character, I put myself away from a lot of the action, which actually helped out because I stayed out of the fray until towards the very end where uh, I was able to definitely make a mark on one of the players and then the radiation that took over the uh, arena at one area took me out. So, oh well, too bad for that. But the other highlight of Nauticon was a small game that we had a couple members playing off in one special room. And this is known, this game was uh, easily called Play Dorama. Now, I am aware that Dungeon Mag- excuse me, Dragon Magazine did a article, did an article, a game in there that was Play Rama. I think what we have here came from a previous incarnation that was varied among different people, uh, different groups and everything, before the Dragon Magazine grabbed it and whatever version they had kind of codified it. But this was actually uh, done prior to them because I understood that it had been played uh, at some previous conventions as well. So, not sure exactly who owns it, etc. But basically, you were given a small little jar of Play-Doh. And you could fashion whatever sort of creature out of it. The number of arms, number of legs, eyes, mouths, and everything determine the characteristics of your creature. Uh, number of legs, how fast you can move. Number of arms, how many times you possibly could hit. Uh, some other things. Um, you had melee attacks, so you could bite, whack, or ram. Uh, every character had 50 hit points. And they would pinch off a small marble size Uh amount depending upon um, what you're using for. You actually take part of yourself and cause damage yourself but throw it and hits another creature causing damage. And it was really, you know, it got to be rather competitive how people would create these things. All of the Play-Doh characters also had special abilities. Um, you and you could have one of them. Some of them we actually allowed for random rolls to see if you could get them. Uh, things like 
the um, poke or the flick. Where is that flick? It's on this other page here. Um, yeah, the flick where we take a butter knife, pull it back, and want you know, pull it back using fingers, and when we released it, it smack the creature. And if you did it right, you can cause some major damage to them. Uh, there was a chop where you could put your elbow on the ground and then chop the creature. Um, but then some of the really special ones, you had to roll. And <laughs> first time I played it, uh, ended up in us banning a move and then kind of looking at some of the other moves and really uh, changing how they were able to go. Uh, as it turned out, my creature having four legs, uh, a mouth, and would mainly use ramming and so forth. I was in the process of, of heading towards another player. On their move, they actually used teleport and it, or they triggered a teleport and it randomly teleported people around the ring. And it just so happened that it move me within range of some other players and on my next turn I was able to come up close to them. My special ability was spike which as the rules say you're supposed to gently lift them up and spike him onto a flat surface. But one thing said was uh, you're permitted to stand or jump to achieve a longer fall or greater velocity. And you had to do it within five foot of where the character originally was. And, you know, that's where the spike had to be. Plus, um, if you were lucky enough, you could do it. You couldn't go more than 10 feet away if you wanted to kind of jump and everything to it. Well, it just so happens I was near table. So I said I would do my move. I moved a table a little bit closer, moved a chair. And then I was able to jump up on the chair, jump up on the table, jump up, and come down and spike my play, you know, the opposing player on top of another player, pretty much decimating them both. After that, the move was uh, banned because <laughs> they weren't expecting me to do that, which you know was silly. I mean, there's a table right there. I mean, what else was I going to do? Ripping off limbs. Uh, there was also a borrow power, which unfortunately was bad because another player took me out by borrowing the power of the last, one of the other contestants that were out there called uh, Steamroller. And they had a 30-pound free weight that you put on a barbell, and they lined it up near them. I was about 12, 13 feet away. They, it rolled. And it had the most unglory, it had the most glorious effect of getting towards me, and then all of a sudden it spun and then fell on top of my character, smashing it <laughs> into oblivion. And needless to say, I didn't win that one, but you know that wasn't the purpose of Plato Rama. The purpose of Plato Rama was to create just crazy characters, crazy creatures, fight, have fun. You know, and just play like a kid again. Just go and play. Do silly things. 
So go look at that Dragon magazine. I think you'll find a... I don't, I don't know where it is. I'm not going to look it up. Somebody else probably will. But I've got the rules that we used here, uh, which were rather fun. I think one of the other great ones was to use the opponent as a missile, where you were able to pick them up, leave your elbow on the ground, and then throw them at another player, which was used to great effect by... Uh, somebody who, if I remember correctly, was one of the people that we really relied upon for Ultimate Frisbee. Thanks for following me along back into the past. It's been great to kind of revisit some of this stuff and look at it from this side of things and seeing where it led me. Hopefully, uh, as we get along here, we'll be getting back into uh, a little more regular stuff. I may be able to get back into the dive of Talislanta, uh, third edition stuff here. So, uh, we'll see what happens. It's just one thing after another. Maybe we'll do some game reports as we come up on things that are happening. But we appreciate you being with us here at Means of Musings. I may be able to convince the minions to do some stuff during the holiday season. Don't hold your breath on that. They really don't like hearing themselves. Even when I tell them I'm not going to play it back to them ever, they still think I'm going to do it. And they're probably right, but that's another point. Uh, anyway. Glad you're here. Thank you everyone for supporting me. And I look forward to hearing from you guys in the future. Be safe out there. Have a great game. And remember, wherever you go, you've always got a friend on this side of the mic.